This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my partner, Alan from Pixel Partners HQ. How are you, man? Man, I am sick. I have the flu, (laughs) which is not very exciting, but you know what? I am excited for this episode. We have got a phenomenal guest on uh, today. Uh, We'll tell you more about him in just a moment, but uh, before that, Greg, what have you been doing this week? Well, I'm just getting prepared to go away skiing in New Zealand, and I'm not sure when this episode's coming out. It might have already happened, but um, yeah, just getting excited about that. My family's excited. My eight-year-old daughter, she's just over the moon. She's, uh, you know, pretending she's skiing down the steps and things like that. So, Mate, I think um, we've, we've done an episode in the past where you were heading to New Zealand. Is this a, an yes, annual thing for you? An annual thing, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we love it over oh. there. Life, life is tough. Well, we work hard so that we can take a break every year. You know how it is. That's it. Yeah. So, but yeah, the snow is amazing over there. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to get there. What have you been up to, buddy? Mate, the last few days, I've actually I've caught the tail end of a winter flu here in Sydney, which is almost inevitable when you've got three little kids. They tend to bring it home. But you know what? Honestly, it, it makes me feel good and feel proud about my team and Pixel Partners when we're still, you know, we're still producing great quality work. We're still winning, you know, thousands of dollars worth of work and all while I'm you know curled up on the on the uh, lounge with a ginger and lemon tea trying to get well man okay well yeah that's a good thing that your team can handle things without you that's you know hats off to you that's for sure well look this is one of the things I'm trying to get across when I launch uh, creative profit academy is that you know you've got to have the support structure behind you you know and and be able to deliver without necessarily you having to do every single piece of the work yeah yeah cool man all right you know we've got an episode with an amazing guest just coming up so let's let's give him an intro today we have stefan spencer i mean i don't even know where to start describing this guy i mean he is an expert in seo and e-commerce he's an author he's a a professional speaker he's got multiple books he's launching podcasts live events have i missed anything there greg uh no he, he does a lot of things so um yeah let's get stuck into the episode Yeah, let's get him in So, Stefan, welcome. So, you've had an amazing journey over the last few years. Can you share with our listener how you got to where you are today? Well, sure. I started and I was studying for a biochemistry PhD and I saw the internet coming, well, the web specifically. This was in the mid-90s and I just thought, wow, this is is quite a ride. I think I'm going to go ahead and jump on. So, I dropped out of my PhD program and started a company, which was actually a web design firm at the beginning. Um, It morphed into an SEO firm as time went on. But uh, yeah, we started doing uh, web design back in uh, in 1995, believe it or not. What did it look like back then? Oh my goodness. Uh, It it was pretty (laughs) ugly. It was pretty ugly. But um, the work that my team did and I did was was cutting edge for for the time. <laughs> so yeah, That's it was sort of really exciting. Um, my my journey kind of started uh, when I went to the second international World Wide Web conference. It was keynoted by Tim Berners Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web, and I met some of the guys from Netscape 
Uh, I had never heard of Netscape. Mosaic was the browser everybody was using, but I, m- I met a guy named Rob McCool. Do you know who Rob McCool is? Oh, I don't. Alan. No, what an awesome doesn't ring a bell, but <laughs> I'm keen to hear more. Yeah, yeah. He is the creator of Apache. Right. Oh, wow. As okay. well as Netscape server. But yeah, he, he's, the, he's the guy who wrote Apache. And I met him in the speaker room. I, I'd gotten in as a, uh, a quote-unquote speaker because I had a, a poster that I was presenting on how to convey structural information about biological viruses on the web. So I guess my, my whole career in the web started with design because I had these really cool radially depth-cued virus visualizations in 3D that I had rendered uh, using Silicon Graphics computers. And I showed this off at this conference, and I'm like, what am I doing studying for a biochemistry degree? I need to be out there on the web building really cool stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that's why I stopped my PhD and started Net Concepts. That's amazing. So you were there when the internet started, pretty much. Well, when the web started, the internet's been around for years and DARPA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I think, yeah. I think the web's just a passing fad. <laughs> is, that, is that thing still around? That's what Homer thinks. Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> oh, I've been cool. on since Al Gore invented it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, Stefan, you know, it's obvious that, you know, you've had quite a bit of success in, in business, right? And, and at the moment, you're going through a bit of a, a, an online brand update. You've had an amazing transformation of your personal brand. Can you sort of just tell us how, you know, what impact design has played in your business journey? Uh, well, quite a lot. <laughs> you know, so for example, with, well, when I started with web design, it was all about building beautiful websites. It had a lot of limitations back then. And then over time, we continued to build websites until like 2008 when I sold that part of the business to another company and we kept the SEO business, which we had been, the SEO side of our business, which we've been doing since um, like the late 90s. So uh, design had been throughout that business, but also when I did my personal rebranding, as you call it, I, I went through like an extreme makeover. I was going through a divorce and, and so forth. I, I discovered Tony Hang Robbins. On. You are still the same gender though, right? Uh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, just call it Caitlin, right? Uh, no, no. Uh, I look about 15 years younger than the guy I was five years ago. And listener, do a Google search on Stefan Spencer in images and you'll see the transformation that Stefan's talking about. It's quite incredible. Yeah, so I, I discovered... Tony Robbins, I was referred to him by several friends simultaneously. It was kind of a, you know, as the universe knocking at my door saying, hello, you need to, you need to do something different. So, yeah, I went, I went to this Unleash the Power Within event. It was a, a very full four days. At the end of the first day, I did a fire walk on 2,000-degree hot coals. Never thought I'd do that. But at the end of that, I, I decided, you know what, I can do anything. I can completely transform myself a complete reboot and so two weeks later i'd gotten lasik uh two months later after that i got a hair transplant i lost 25 pounds i went to the gym i changed my diet i stopped eating a bunch of processed food and went vegan for a while and yeah big transformation but the internal changes were actually greater than the external changes sure people didn't 
recognize me anymore when I went to conferences. I'd been speaking at conferences uh, since 1995. Uh, that was my primary vehicle for marketing my company uh, was through speaking engagements. And then I started showing up at conferences. People didn't recognize me anymore. So that was a lot of fun. And then I just yeah, I, I felt so much more confident, so much more centered and and present and powerful and uh, it, it's it's been an incredible journey. So that's just on a personal level, and then I reinvented my my whole business life too because I sold my company, my agency, Net Concepts, in 2010, and then I um, I just started anew with uh, with a new venture. Did some SEO consult. I still do SEO consulting, but I also have these other projects that I'm I'm building, like a three day seminar on personal and professional development called passions into profits. I have another uh, three-day seminar I'm doing on, uh, on SEO called Traffic Control. Got a self-help book on personal transformation I'm doing. I just finished with my co-authors the Art of SEO third edition now, uh, which is, believe it or not, 950 pages now. <laughs> it just keeps growing and growing. So uh, lots of projects on the go. I'll eventually have a second edition to do of, the, of social e-commerce and working on, on another edition of uh, Google Power Search. I got a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> you certainly do. That's incredible. I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about sort of the, the personal branding transformation that, that you went through. All those things that you did, did you go and seek professional help and professional advice for the way you wanted to style yourself? Or is that something you sort of came up with in your own head and, and, and moved forwards with it? You know, I, I knew that I wanted to, I, I knew I wanted to address like my hairline. I wanted to get rid of gla- the glasses. I wanted to have more more muscle and better posture. So I, I had kind of the, the rough blueprint in mind. But as far as like the style of my wardrobe and things like that, I had no business picking out my clothes. So I had to hire a stylist who came in and gutted my closet. Like 95% of my clothes went to Goodwill. And we went shopping at uh, Banana Republic and Express and, and uh, Barney's in New York and uh, John Varvatos. And so, so I got some really awesome, cool new clothes. Uh, yeah, just it, it was a whole process, but I knew I needed a certain point solutions along the way. Like I needed a stylist to redo my wardrobe. I needed an, an expert to do the the surgeries. I needed the uh, for my you know LASIK and and for the hair transplant. And, and I, I'm not going to just go on the cheap. I needed to uh, do it well. But then I also got a lot of uh, good kind of brain food in terms of seminars, masterminds, and, and you know, secret societies and things. So I, I joined uh, Neil Strauss's secret society. Uh, that's been amazing, very transformational. I was in Tony Robbins' Platinum Partnership, and that was hugely transformational as well. I mean, for, for me and, and for most of the people in these groups, they would tell you that peer group is everything. Because you are the average of the top, the, the five people or so that yep. you hang out with the most. So having billionaires and super successful, very contribution and growth focused people in your vicinity all the time, traveling around the world on these uh, 
amazing excursions with Tony Robbins and, and all these platinum partners and so forth. It's been phenomenal. So I did that for three years. I've been doing uh, Neil Strauss, his secret society for four and a half years or so. Yeah, and so I'm a big proponent of the power of the mastermind and of personal development seminars and professional development seminars too. That's incredible. For a start, I just want to say thanks for sharing all that. I mean, that's really going deep personally, so we really appreciate that. And I just love the fact that you invested in, you know, getting professional help in every aspect of designing your life the way you wanted it to to turn out. So I just want to know, how long was that transformation period, roughly? Over the course of a year, from the point where I went to Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within, uh, that was October 2009 to my first big speaking gig in uh, September. So I think it was actually it was October 2010. It was SMX yeah. East. Yeah, I, I would. I looked completely different. Yeah, like like I said, Amazing. 15 years younger. I, I was the talk of the conference. That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, and it must have felt pretty good on the inside. Oh yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a hu- huge ego boost to like have people uh, just like, especially women <laughs> give me lots of attention. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yes, well, uh, uh, if you don't mind me saying, you have a very beautiful wife, a <laughs> uh, fiance, fiance. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I wouldn't have had her if I uh, was the guy from five years ago. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm just going to take a few more notes. Oh, hang on. I'm already married. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stefan, if we could just dig into some of your huge wealth of knowledge, right? Um, You are undoubtedly, you know, a world expert in SEO, right? And I find it interesting that online today, Google and the search engines are, are perceiving websites very differently. They want mixed media. They want unique images. They want uh, video. They, they want all these different types of things on the web page. I'm interested to know how that impacts SEO. I know that Greg and I have talked before about making sure you have completely unique images because you know, Google is starting to not only check the metadata of the images, but also you know, if you look at the Google image search, you can literally drag an image into the image search and it'll find instances of where those images are, are shown. How does that impact on SEO today? Well, SEO is, is very much a, a visual medium as well as a programmatic one. So when we're talking about videos, there's, there's a whole set of methodologies for optimizing videos for high rankings in YouTube, which is, happens to be the number two search engine. By query volume, there are more searches on YouTube than on Yahoo or Bing. So uh, that's a very important uh, area for focus for everybody. And we can talk about specific strategies and tactics for optimizing videos. Um, but, you know, you've got uh, YouTube and, and other image search engines, Google Video um, search and so forth. And then you have on uh, images, you've got optimization tactics and strategies for high rankings in Google Images and uh, the other search engines, image search. There's also sites like Flickr and so forth that you could you know, try and rank high for, um, uh, Photobucket, etc. So that people are using those sites as search engines too. Um, with uh, regards to podcasts, there's a whole set of strategies and tactics there. Uh, multimedia is the name of, uh, of the game. So if you are not optimizing uh, your multimedia, you're, you're going to be 
you're painting yourself in a corner, basically. So I'm interested because, you know, I've watched SEO change over a number of years. And, you know, one of the the things is that people often try and uh, play the game. They're they're trying to over manipulate the system to their advantage. And those doors often get closed and people, you know, have a bad run if they've done things that are a little, you know, left of centre or maybe not, not so ethical. Do you think that with things like images and videos, the search engines are gonna to get to the point where they actually recognize the content in the images and they actually recognize the content in the videos. So for example, at the moment, you really need to add you know, the words to the, to the metadata of the video. Is that, is that correct? Do you think it'll get to a point where no matter what you put in, Google or the search engines are gonna recognize what's being said in those, in those clips? Of course, they've been doing it for a while now. Like, so you could easily get a penalty for playing games with CSS image replacement technique, for example. Right? So you think, oh, well, I'm going to outsmart the search engines. I know that I'll get more bang, for, kind of more emphasis the, the whatever I write if it's in a uh, like, let's, if it's part of an image. If I were to use CSS image replacement technique and have that show up as actual text when uh, CSS is, is turned off and, and thus that gets picked up as an H1 tag and so forth instead of part of an image with an alt attribute. And then I'm going to stick in a few extra words here, a few more keywords into the version that has the H1 tag instead of the, the, the version that's the actual image. If it's not exact, the, the image and the image replacement if it's not one and the same as far as exact word for word, you are going to get penalized. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It might be very quick because even if it's not an algorithm that catches you, an algorithm will probably flag you and then a manual uh, human raider is what they're called. Uh, there's a whole army of them working for Google. will will catch what you're doing. And so playing games with, uh, I've seen all sorts of crazy stuff with CSS where people have put uh, text at the bottom of the page in the footer and then in using CSS, it it's, is a, at the top of the HTML. It renders at the bottom of the page in the footer, so it's tucked away uh, from the user, but it looks like it's super prominent to the search engine spiders. And what kind of idiot would do that thinking that that's going to outsmart Google. I mean, that's just like putting a painting a bit or putting a big target on your back, essentially uh, a really bad idea. <laughs> that's amazing. So obviously you've got a lot of technical information and, you know, probably the average listener <laughs> like myself doesn't know what you're talking about. Um, but I do understand, you know, on like from a, a broad sort of uh, knowledge base, but, but well, well, let's put it this way. So there's black hat, there's gray hat and there's white hat. Yeah, I was going to say black hat. So you're saying black hat techniques do not work at all anymore. They, they work if you are all about churn and burn. If you don't right. care about the site being permanently damaged in terms of its reputation, its Google reputation, then you know, yeah. have at it. But that's a really dumb way to go because uh, yeah. it's very short yeah. term. And if you're working, for, uh, working with clients and you want to help them rank better, uh, you'll get some lawsuits <laughs> from those clients if you're playing with black hat stuff or even gray hat sure. stuff. It's just so. What's gray hat? Gray hat is stuff that you think. Well, it's a little bit on the line. I, I definitely wouldn't tell a Google engineer that I'm doing it, but I think it's 
kind of skating on the line. I don't think it's like total black hat. Mm-hmm. And you don't do Where that would you either. rank? Yeah. Where would you rank keyword stuffing just into your copy? Keyword stuffing, black hat. I mean, it's not yeah, even, okay. it's not okay. even black hat because black hat can can actually work. I mean, keyword stuffing is just stupid because it just yeah. doesn't even work. Like <laughs> it, like I don't know. It just you can Play the short-term game, but you are going to suffer. And think of it this way. It's like you are creating a rap sheet for yourself. Google is keeping it for you and has been for years and years. So whichever websites you touch, you work on, Google is tracking you as a human uh, contributor to these websites. That's why they have this thing called author rank. You know, there's there's page rank, which assigns importance, trust, authority to web pages on the internet. But there's also this thing called author rank, where Google is assigning trust, authority, importance to human beings, right? So that's incredible. You, you might powerful. be a really sketchy human being to Google, and then you start writing over on this site over here, and then that reputation that you have in the eyes of Google follows you, and then you 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 stop writing there and you write it somewhere else, and uh, yeah, so whatever you do now, you think you're getting away with, will come back to haunt you for years to come because Google does not forget. They might not have caught you yet, but they can retroactively figure out what you've been doing for years and years, and maybe you didn't you know, suffer a penalty back in, let's say, 2009 when you were playing some Black Hat games, but then they figure out what you're up to in 2012 or whatever, and then your reputation is forever sullied. Not a good idea. Yeah, and and I've seen this happen with clients of mine who've had some pretty average SEO companies working on their, their site, and the work was done three, four years ago, and in recent times, they've been punished for that work. I mean, we just went through a process where, you know, we actually had to contact Google and ask them to disavow a whole heap of really bad quality links, and, you know, it's it's it it's painful when stuff like that happens. You think it's long gone and it's in the past, but it does follow you around. Look, I, I think... You know, SEO and any online activities need to be aligned with how you design anything. You know, design it for real people. You know, make it so that it is informative and it's, you know, don't don't keyword stuff. Write it as if you're talking to your perfect avatar and do everything around that. And then Google's going to respect that and show you to the right people. Would, would you agree with that, Stefan? Absolutely. I, I love that analogy. In fact, you could take it a step further and say, design your link profile in that same way for humans and then for, for the search engines as an afterthought. It's like if I acquire really high quality links, high authority, high trust, high importance links because they're going to be really valuable to those communities, the, these pieces of content that I'm creating, the the buzzword of the of the year is content marketing it's no longer called link building it's content marketing because that sounds sexy and it really is design much more so than just saying well i want to acquire these links from these sites i want to create an experience for all these influential internet users people who have authority in in various social media sites and in the blogosphere and so forth and then hopefully my stuff is going to spread like wildfire it will go viral because it's so high quality so amazing it has a great hook to it a great angle uh, humor controversy utility whatever and then 
I'm going to get long-term benefits because my, I'm basically creating an asset in a, high, a high-powered link profile. This is just sort of a left field question and just out of curiosity, but have you ever said no to a client to do their SEO because their design of their web presence was just so bad that, you know, it's not respecting the the work that you're going to do on the SEO? Um, I've certainly turned down prospective clients for various reasons all the time I do. My dance card gets pretty full pretty quick, but uh, specifically because of design, not necessarily. It's like if they're willing to upskill and and change to be kind of best practice, and and that includes all aspects: design, usability, content creation, create remarkable content that's worth spreading, and so forth. If, if they're willing to play that game, then great. I'll, I'm I'm willing to work with them. Happy to work with them. But if they're unwilling to uh, be flexible in their design. They're unwilling, certainly, to be in, they're, they're inflexible in many other areas, too, that I haven't identified yet. And I will identify through a uh, uh, kind of a questionnaire process. So that's the kind of client I'm not going to take. Now, occasionally, I take on clients where design is everything, like Chanel, and then I can hardly get anything done. Because with design being the trump card, I can't put any content, textual content, on all these important like category-level pages and so forth. Even product pages have almost no words on them. It's really hard to get those pages to rank. So that's a, that, that's a recipe for frustration. So, yeah, I've had those scenarios where I've taken on the client and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is painful. I can't really get them the result they're after because I can't get any content on the page. <laughs> right. Yeah, because there's a big trend these days going towards larger images and, and a lot of images used instead of copy. So so is that something that you can't rank if there's just images on a page? Well, if, if you want to rank in Google image search, that's fine. But what about the rest of Google, which, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going to yeah. be in, in a world of hurt if you want to rank in Google web search and you have no textual content on your website. Sure, sure. Okay, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So, all right, now back to, say, you and your website. So, um, tell us about the choice you've made lately to keep up the quality of design in your business and how you think it will give you a return on investment. Well, sure. I've uh, I, I, one of the best kind of benefits of being in one of my recent masterminds. Uh, I, I'm in Taki Moore's Black Belt, and I, I would say one of the biggest benefits of of being in that program was learning about you, Greg, <laughs> and, and <laughs> Studio you. One Design. I have just found this gold mine and and brilliant design and and usability and uh, just structure. It's been really a joy to work with you. Uh, so we've Thank been you. cranking on a few different projects. I mentioned I'm doing a three-day seminar on SEO called Traffic Control. We're in the midst of building that site out now. Um, I am also in the midst of building out a site uh, for my self-help uh, seminar that I'm doing in, in conjunction with my business partner, uh, Chris Jones, and that's called Passions into Profits. Uh, so we're 
we're actually in development now. We signed off on the design, which looks beautiful. Thank you again. <laughs> um, and then another project uh, is a big site redesign of StephanSpencer.com. So that one, uh, we've again gotten signed. Uh, we've signed off on the design. Thank you very much. And then uh, the the coding is in in process as well. Uh, we've got yeah, about. I don't know, a couple weeks more to go, and we can launch that one. Uh, so, yeah, lot, lots of projects on the go. I'm going to really be really excited. Oh, and two more uh, projects. Are, uh, both are podcast shows. I'm really excited course, to be yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, joining the... What are those uh, podcasts? Let's give them a plug. Yeah, cool. So, one is called The Optimized Geek, and that's going to launch here very soon. It might be launched by the time this episode goes live. Uh, the website is live. It's optimizedgeek.com. And uh, that design is uh, courtesy of Studio One. And uh, another, and so I'll tell you that the topic of that is all about things like biohacking and personal transformation and style and presence and creating intimacy with your significant other and just oh, so much cool stuff. Like, yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of things like biohacking and stuff. So we got some really great episodes that are going to go live here shortly on that topic, boosting your testosterone naturally, um, uh, brain enhancing uh, supplements. I've got uh, really great stuff. So that's the Optimized yeah. Geek. And then the other show is called Marketing Speak. And uh, that design, also courtesy of Studio One, is, uh, is still in development. Uh, design's been signed off on, and then uh, we'll probably launch the new uh, skin uh, on that site probably in two weeks, uh, maybe three weeks. So that's marketingspeak.com. Yeah, they might be live by the time. Uh, we go live with this episode, but yeah, yeah. cool. Thanks for, thanks for the plug for my business too. appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you've been instrumental in, in, in really portraying my brand in such a, an amazing light. I mean, I, I don't look like a one man band, even though I'm not no. a one man band. I'm, I'm, I'm the consultant that you would hire for an SEO engagement. I don't have like a whole team of consultants and, and analysts and so forth working for me. I have a small team, uh, like assistants and, and um, more like uh, administrative help and, and content creating help, not consultant type help. So yeah. I compete with big agencies for work, for projects, and, and I, I get it. I get the work. Yeah, I've, the kind of the kinds of clients I've had in the last few years have included not only Chanel but also Zappos and uh, wow. Bed Bath and Beyond, Best Buy Canada, Bloomberg Business Week, CNBC, uh, Sony Store, uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, some really big brands. Also, small companies, startups, and mid-sized companies too. But um, yeah, those are some of the more recognized brands that I've worked with. And um, I'll tell you, my, my favorite definition of a brand is a promise. A brand is a promise. So when I present a powerful brand to my marketplace, that's a promise that I'm going to be able to deliver, that I'm not just a fly-by-night, that I'm not rinky-dink, that I'm not like a you know, all washed up because I sold my company and and cashed out, and now I can just sit on the beach all the time. No, I am like, in, I am 
just full on in the SEO world and the online marketing world because I am just passionate about it. I love it. I would never retire. So I, I got to present this brand of like super contemporary on the cutting edge because that's where I am mm-hmm. and that's what you allow me to do. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. I, I think that's you know wonderful that you've the way you frame that and say look your brand is your promise and I think if you design everything around that you know what is the promise you're making when you design every piece of collateral whether it be an ebook whether it be uh, a website <clears throat> then you, you're going to position yourself well look I think this is also too just an interesting case study I'm sure more than one of our listeners are sitting there thinking wow this guy has just got so much going on but the reason why you are able to have so much going on is you find the right people to do the right jobs to help you leverage your your dreams absolutely i am all about leverage i'll tell you i have such a a process for finding vetting onboarding uh you know hiring and then onboarding really great staff i have a small team but they are a high performing team so I, I don't try to replicate myself. I try to surround myself with people who are better at certain things than I am. And so I can delegate, you know, because there's the four Ds, defer, delegate, delete, or do. And I prefer to do the other three Ds more than I'd prefer to do because that's when you make the magic happen is when you don't say yes to everything, but you selectively say yes to just the most important things. Everything else gets cleared off your table. So, yeah, I, I, I have this process for finding really great staff where, uh, let's say that you were to post an ad on, I don't know, let's say Craigslist or um, LinkedIn or or onlinejobs.ph, wherever, right? Most people uh, ask for, you know, please provide your resume, cover letter, and these whatever things. What if you included a riddle in the ad? What would that do? That would significantly increase your signal-to-noise ratio. And that's just one of many optimizations that you can apply to your hiring process. So you're going to end up with such a better pool of candidates. It'll be a smaller pool for sure because most people are lazy and they're not going to go through some problem-solving kind of SAT or ACT problem just to apply for your job. But those who do are highly motivated and they can solve problems or at least they can Google the answer, right? <laughs> so that's just mm-hmm. one of many different things you can do. It's pretty cool. And, and I've gotten some great staff by a- applying these sorts of concepts. Also, if you are not an expert in a particular area, let's say you're hiring somebody who's going to help you with online marketing, including SEO, and you want to know if they actually have some SEO chops. A great way to test that is uh, I created a an SEO hiring blueprint where I go through all the process of uh, finding, vetting, hiring, onboarding staff. But also I've got this uh, SEO BS detector. And in that uh, is like five key questions to slip into the interview as you're interviewing, whether it's a, a, a candidate who would be on staff or it's an agency that you'd hire, an outside contractor. You can ask them questions like, for example, with SEO, Tell me about meta keywords. What's your process for optimizing meta keywords um, across my site? And how long would it take? You know, just ask some questions around meta keywords. There's only one right answer in regards to anything meta keyword related. And that's uh, it's a complete and utter waste, in ta- waste of time and always has been. It, they never counted in Google. So in, unless they know that, they are just 
selling you down the river and they need to be escorted to the door. Uh, so that's just one of the trick questions that you can just slip into the interview. Tell me about this and that and the other thing. Oh, and tell me about meta keywords too. And, and then you just basically give them enough rope to hang themselves. So if they give <laughs> any other answer than Google never counted meta keywords, it's a complete waste of time. Then you know this is a snake oil salesman. So, Stefan, this the the SEO BS detector, as you, as you call it, is that something that you've you've published and given away for for people who are trying to hire an SEO person? Yep, yep. So again, I had Studio One to do the design of the of the PDF. Uh, I advertise that PDF on Facebook. I have a whole sales funnel built out. So the the uh, the way a sales funnel or marketing funnel works, you have a lead magnet. You feed uh, people to a landing page. I use lead pages, and then from that Facebook ad or you know, whatever other channels that I'm using to drive traffic to that landing page, people will opt in for that free PDF download. Now they're on my list, but then I will immediately upsell them to a free webinar. It's an upsell where I'm not actually charging them anything, but I'm asking them to get a little bit more involved with me and to take the next step in the funnel, which would be, in this case, a webinar, a free 60-minute webinar. So then after they take that webinar, then they get an opportunity. Towards the end of the webinar, I explain the next stage in the funnel, which is for them to sign up for my three-day seminar on SEO. And so then if they're at the event, they're going to have an opportunity to join my mastermind. And so that's how the funnel goes. Uh, so the the BS detector and the hiring blueprint. I also have a SEO myths white paper. I have an SEO tools tip sheet. These are all um, PDF deliverables that I offer for free to prospects who come in at the top of the funnel. I think our listener would love to see some of this stuff. So if we could get some links off you to put in the show notes, that way they can head over to your site, <clears throat> see how you've designed that sales funnel and also get this great information. That, that'd be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. That's super cool. All right, Stefan, well, look, you've delivered a, you know some amazing knowledge. Uh, your tips are incredible. And I really loved hearing about what I call your manse formation. <laughs> <laughs> so just before we before we go and close out, what what is say one tip you would give to the listener? Like in your opinion, what are the most important elements to consider in creating a brand? Oh, okay. So my biggest tip for people who want to build a strong brand online is to really focus on YouTube because that is the future. Multimedia is the future. People they don't read uh, nearly as much anymore. It's kind of like uh, they, they've lost their ability to focus for long periods of time once they're in front of the screen. And also they get this road rage thing. If you have a slow loading web page, <laughs> forget about it. They're going to get really upset really fast. So deliver really punchy, valuable, remarkable content. When I say remarkable, I mean like use Seth Godin's definition of it's worth remarking about you know, from the purple cow. Yeah. Create yep. remarkable video content for your YouTube channel 
because if you don't have a, a great YouTube channel with tons of great videos that have been well optimized, you've got great video thumbnail, uh, image thumbnails and great titles with keywords and descriptions with keywords and links in them. And you've, uh, you've, you've got a, a good transcript there that you've overridden the auto-generated transcript that YouTube created and corrected all their errors. And you've uploaded foreign language translations and the most important foreign languages that you want to r- rank for as well. You've done all this optimization on, on a tag level to your videos in YouTube and you created a really compelling strategy in terms of how to be remarkable with compelling content. You've got great hooks, uh, humor hooks, uh, controversy, utility, newsworthy, that sort of stuff. You're going to have staying power. If you're, on the other hand, all you're doing is just writing content day after day, maybe you're posting it to medium.com or LinkedIn or whatever, that works now. But I don't think that's going to have staying power in three or five years. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a great tip. You know, re- really think about the long-term effect. I'm, I'm um, all st- about the written word because I've, I've got three books under my belt and soon to be. <laughs> yeah. The- you you got to be doing video too. Yeah, absolutely. Normally, we would ask our listener, uh, our guest, uh, you know, what they've got that's exciting over the next 12 months in their business. But I mean, you've already told us you've got multiple live events. You've got uh, two podcasts going live. You've got books. I mean, is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you'd like to tell the listener about? And we'll make sure we include links to all of these because they're all extremely valuable. I I can give a a little bit of a a sneak peek into the book I'm writing, which is all about personal transformation. And it's specifically... Um, across all dimensions, you have uh, physical transformation, emotional, uh, career, business, intimate relationships, uh, peer group, spiritual. You can transform all aspects of your life. So it's a uh, kind of a compilation and condensation of everything I learned over the last five years spending, I don't know, at least a half million dollars on personal development stuff, seminars, masterminds, all that sort of stuff. I've distilled all the best stuff that's been the most transformational for me into one book. Um, so I'm going to be real excited to uh, uh, come out with that. i got to still find a publisher and, and uh, finish the book. It's about 80% done, but yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. Well, it'd be great if you let us know when you do get it finished, because I know our listeners would love an update and, and love to hear when that goes live. And maybe we can get you back on the podcast to go into a bit more detail once once your book is published. I hope it's coming out in an audio book, because I'm one of those people that's lost the ability to sit there <laughs> and read a long book. <laughs> maybe not video for me. I'm happy with the audio. So, yeah, look, that that's awesome. Very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been really a lot of fun. It's a pleasure. So where can people connect with you, Stefan, and learn more about you and your business? Yeah, sure. So uh, they can find out about me and connect with me on uh, my website, stephanspencer.com. It's S-T-E-P-H-A-N. They could also find me on Twitter at S. Spencer. That's my handle. And on Facebook, Stefan Spencer is my personal Facebook. So facebook.com slash Stefan Spencer. Or uh, professionally, my, my professional page is facebook.com slash Stefan Spencer SEO. Also, I've got a Pinterest channel or Pinterest account with lots of really cool stuff, great infographics. If, if you love great visual content that uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at curating cool stuff. So uh, Pinterest.com slash Stefan Spencer. 
let's see where else uh, also the traffic control seminar is trafficcontrol.co and passions into profits that seminar is passionsintoprofits.com i dare say that if you just google stefan spencer i would hope that his seo is pretty good and you'd find most of his stuff <laughs> yeah i pretty much control all whatever number of pages of the search results for my name. Uh, it's all stuff that uh, I've created or is about me that uh, you know, I speak at a lot of conferences and uh, I write for Search Engine Land and the Huffington Post and all that. So yeah, that fills up all the first few pages. I'm easy to find. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Stefan. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks, Stefan. We'll catch you next time. Alrighty. Greg, wasn't that just a phenomenal episode? I mean, we could have gone on for hours. And, and, and look, I'd encourage everyone to go and have a look at Stefan's work because there is he gives away some extremely valuable information. Even if you can't afford his services, you'll be miles ahead if you, if you check out uh, what he has available. Greg, what's your killer tip and action piece for this episode? Yeah, I just love how, you know, the search engines are getting a lot smarter these days. So, you know, stop doing any black hat tricks and all, or even gray hat and just create remarkable content because Google will see it as remarkable as well. And it'll just get, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to do it obviously for, for your listener, but you'll also get favored by Google by doing that. Yeah. And I look for me, it's, it's all about being authentic, you know, make your content for real people, you know, don't try and game the system. Don't try and be spammy and try and work out what Google wants, work out what your audience wants, work out what your perfect avatar wants and deliver that. And then you're going to gain respect in the search engines. Yeah. Nice. Cool, man. All right. Well, thank you, Al. We should let the listener get back to it. We'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah, definitely. Listener, if you haven't already, register at The Real Magic uh, for our episode updates. That way we can let you know when Stefan's published his book. And any comments, we would love reviews on iTunes, comments on the website. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks, listener. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.